Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. to the Segway Files. Today we have myself, Axel, Heather, and Ryan. Everybody say hi. Hi. And though you can't see it, I currently have a furry animal sitting on my belly. Yes, my cat Tabitha. Yep. Which we have decreed is actually not a cat, but a flurkin from the new Captain Marvel movie. (laughs) And if you haven't seen the new Captain Marvel movie and don't know what a flurkin is, it's funny. It's hilarious. My favorite part about the whole thing about the flurkin cat is the fact that... (laughs) It's the fact that for two-thirds of the movie until towards the end where they're at the main battle field, when they're doing the main battle stuff... All you see is this orange tabby cat. Yeah, you have no idea it's actually a flurkin. Even though well, everybody's like saying, it's a flurkin. No, it's a cat. It's a cat. It's purring, it's petting, it's a cat. And then it does its thing. It's flurkin thing. Yes. Or it starts flurking all and over there the place. Is a it re- does start flurking all over the and place. And there is a reason why they put a muzzle on the cat. Just yes. That's my hint. Is There was a reason, and I do agree it definitely high threat is it like bane's muzzle <laughs> no i guess oh, his face no. mask you know? it is more like like, like a dog muzzle mm-hmm. except built for a cat it's <laughs> to keep the flurkin from opening its mouth because you don't want a flurkin to open its mouth when it's mad flurkin a flurkin a yeah <laughs> but yeah captain marvel was in my opinion actually a good movie they yes. stuck to at least one of the origin stories uh, though, if you don't know, the original Captain Marvel was actually Shazam. He, he was originally, that's how he, that's how Shazam came about, was they called him Captain Marvel, and he was essentially a ripoff of Superman. Um, but through, you know, magical means and whatnot. But after a little while, they just, they renamed him Shazam because of the magic word that he has to say to transform from Billy Batson into Captain Marvel or Shazam. And then since they had the Captain Marvel name, 
and they had other races out there and whatnot. They introduced Captain Marvell, who was a Cree scientist who was on Earth to do something. And through interactions with Marvell, who became a superhero and decided that uh, did not want to let his people take over the Earth and destroy it, uh, the Kree, I mean, not the Skrull, who they were fighting against. Uh, he, uh, he was doing some sciencey stuff, and Carol Danvers got mm. stuck in... This is in the comic books, not the movies. So I'm, I'm going to say that out loud. Uh, basically, she ends up with Marvel's power. And that's the origin story of Miss Marvel who is now Captain Marvel in the movies. But in this origin story, uh, which I guess could be one of the comic ones, it, was It's actually later very ones, similar, yes. Uh, she actually was a human who got... So was Carol Danvers in so, the comic books. Okay, so Carol Danvers was human, and then she um, fused, got fused with the core energy that Dr. Lawson, aka Dr. Uh, Marvell who was actually a Cree scientist, um, created, and she got, so Carol Danvers got fused with that and got her powers, but got, but because she was passed out and stuff, the Cree took her and basically turned her into a Cree. Yeah, they, and they erased gave her, her Cree blood and, and messed with her head, mm -hmm. and so she didn't know that she was human, she thought she was Cree. Mm -hmm. So. so the movie was basically her returning to Earth and figuring out her past. And basically, it's kind of like one of those who am I and kind of journeys. And then in the end, she actually figures out who she really is. With superhero butt kickingness. Yes. The cool thing I do like about it is, one, they chose... A, I, I do think they chose a really good actress for this. She did a really awesome job. I think the script really, really did well with her. Yeah, the interactions between her and Samuel L. Jackson were actually really yes, good. They bounced really well. They 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 balanced the comedy and the seriousness together. So for, and I, I heard producer Ryan told us that uh, people were really panning this movie, and I have to say to you all, get bent because I liked it. Yes. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by the negative outpour. I think it's mostly just from like super hardcore Marvel fanboys who were like so intent on everything being comic perfect that they're never gonna be like satisfied with anything. That's of course not. Out. No. Um, I mean, out of the all the Marvel movies, the only one that has been closest to comic perfect was Captain America, the the first one. Yeah. Um, that is as close as you get. And in that, uh, there was even some differences. Like it, Captain Captain America wasn't uh, originally a small little guy with asthma and you know mm -hmm. some deformation. No, he was somebody who was a former athlete, I believe, who had uh, taken a spinal injury mm. and uh, couldn't move his legs around very well. And they turned him into Captain America. Mm. You know, so I mean. Except for a couple small things, yeah. it was pretty much close. But other than that, yeah, that was he. He went to the war. They didn't take him seriously. They until he went out and well, he rescued wasn't. people, and then they took him seriously. 
And that was in the comics. So. Um, the other cool thing I did like about it was I like the fact that she's not... She's skinny, but she's not skinny skinny. She's actually buff. She looks like she... She literally looks like she actually worked out. Whether or not she was like this before, I don't know. But it looked like she definitely worked out. I wouldn't say so. She she kind of had the look... like So when she was younger, um, she was bird skinny. She was, like, really mm-hmm. skinny. And, um, like, her later years, like, especially... Like, the only movie I can really pull it out of is, like, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, mm-hmm. uh, where she plays uh, the lead singer um, of the band uh, Clash at Demon Head, and her character has a very sexy look to her. Mm-hmm. She is very attractive, but not like muscle fit, really. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of put together, you know. Had, had definitely grown into herself, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, but this one. But here. you can tell with this one, yeah. Cause, yeah. I mean, even the previews, I mean, mm-hmm. she's she's pretty fit. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's fit when now. She When you see her in a t-shirt and jeans, she, you could definitely, when, when she's like sitting down or something, you could see the muscles yeah okay yeah comic book fanboys she doesn't have the huge comic book tits that miss marvel or captain marvel has in the comic books but okay brie larson is yummy i'm just gonna say that right now (laughs) she's a real she's a real lady she's she's not she's not a cartoon the other thing i like about her is i think her person her sort of personality fits my little bit like we're the we don't like somebody we just want to punch and she's really like that in the show. She's, she sits there and lets someone rant for maybe a few seconds and then says, and then you could really say, fuck this. You could really tell she's like about to say, fuck this, and just shoots them. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's something that I haven't seen a lot of in shows where this bad guy rants and you're sitting there going, okay, shut up. Player characters like us are like, we'll just shoot them. Shoot them, shoot them. But they don't. She, a few seconds, bam. And the guy just goes off to the wall or something. Mm. Now, as far as the villain in the movie goes, I mean... They they did a really good job of obfuscating the fact that they were uh, trading the scroll for the Kree. Now, in the comic book world, the scroll are one of the big bad guys. Uh, they fought the Fantastic Four... Uh, the X-Men end up going up against some of the Skrull and whatnot. The Skrull are bad guys. And they are shape changers. Uh, one of the big bad Skrull bad guys uh, was called the Super Skrull. And uh, after going up against the Fantastic Four, uh, the Skrulls somehow managed to graft the Fantastic Four's powers onto one Skrull. So that's one scroll had all the powers of the Fantastic Four. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I don't know if he could only use one at a time initially or if he could use multiples, you know, like a stretchy rock arm or whatnot, or if he had limitations. But he was powerful enough that it took all of the Fantastic Four to take him down. Uh, when he when the Super Scroll ends up fighting with the X-Men, it takes a bunch of the X-Men to take him down. Hmm. So... The scroll with the bad guys. Now, the Kree in the comic books, too, were also bad guy-ish. They were bad guys in the respect that they were the conquerors. 
Yeah. If Earth had something they wanted, they were coming to take it. And uh, as long as, hey, don't give us any trouble, whatnot, everybody's going to be happy, you're going to live, you're going to be fine. That's in the comic books. Well, in the beginning of the Captain Marvel movie, they make it, uh, the, the Skrull and the Kree are at war, and the Kree are the bad guys. But through the course of the movie, they pull the heel turn, which is the official actual turn, the heel turn, where the scroll become the refugees that are just trying to get away from the Kree mm. and find a place where they can live in peace. And the Kree are the aggressive bad guys. And you don't find that out until most of the way through the movie. Yeah, because I think they're... Because they have the Kree and, and um, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, but that was Ronan the Accuser who was a rogue Kree who was mad about the peace treaty between the Nova Corps mm. and the Kree because, well, lots of his family died fighting the Nova Corps and uh, so he was mad about that. So he was rogue and they made that real plain in the beginning when Nova Prime is like, hey, Kree, deal with your boy. And they said, uh, he's on his own. We don't have anything to do with him. Yeah, uh, but Ronan the Accuser is actually in Captain Marvel, by the way. Huh. Um, in fact, uh, in the end, he again is kind of the big bad guy, but Captain Marvel goes up and whips ass on the missiles that Ronan fires towards Earth hmm. to eliminate the uh, Skrull infestation, and she blows up all the missiles and then goes up there and decides to take out one of those ships. And Ronan's kind of like, uh... And then she, like, s sits in front of his view screen, basically, looks at him, powers up so she's all glowy and Super Saiyan, and then, like, puts her hand and fist together, then it goes sparkle, and Ronan's like, yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> so, um, I remember watching, seeing this in the preview, so what part of the movie is she all <coughs> mohawked out? Uh, in the her, end. Actually, in the beginning, even. Well, she did the Mohawk stuff, but her glowy personality doesn't happen. The glowy until Super Saiyan stuff doesn't happen until towards the end of the movie. Yeah. When she actually ends up... When she realizes that the Kree have been dampened her power mm. and trying to control her. Oh. Yes. Yes. Which is perfect because this is the moment where she figures out who she is and who she wants to be, basically. Yeah. She's kind of like... A f except she's kind of... Her personality is very... She's like a female version of Captain America with powers. With exploding powers, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she can That's go Super Saiyan is the way I, I, I like it. <laughs> uh, Captain, yes. Captain America can't go Super Saiyan, but Captain Marvel can go Super yes. Saiyan. That's the difference between the two of them. But their um, uh, patrioticness and their... Loyalty, loyalty, and all of that. loyalty. Their, their sense of justice, sense of justice, are all basically the same. I mean, if you saw the if you saw the one where Captain America slightly moved the hammer, I am sure Captain Marvel can probably do the same. Yeah, but uh, yeah, her Mohawk helmet is part of her original Kree armor outfit. Oh, okay. So in the beginning, when they're going on their mission when she still thinks she's a Cree. She's going on a Cree mission, and they all have to do an airdrop from their ship. And into they this all water. put their gear on, 
and she drops and she's got the mohawk helmet. She's just not all glowy super and saiyan. The <laughs> mohawk is actually from her real hair because she doesn't, her hair is actually down. <coughs> and so when it comes, so it's actually a helmet that comes from the suit and just cover, when she summons it, it just covers the whole thing. Okay. And it closes, it's kind of like one of those female ha- hair bands that pushes the hair back, basically, <laughs> is what I want to say. Okay. Like, um, like how much of it is, because uh, I know the head, the head dress mm-hmm. is very Trojan-esque. I mean, are there any other parts of the Kree armor that kind of scream out different um, cultural things from, you know, from our world history? Yes, but not like that, because mm-hmm. uh, they have a scene where she decides she's not going to wear Kree colors anymore. Yeah. And so she switches her colors to red, white, and blue, and gold. Which is basically the which is theme basically for... the United States. Yeah, um, and with the gold star in the middle of the chest, and the mm-hmm. rest of the outfits red, white, yes. and blue, and with gold highlights and stuff like that. So yeah, they very they went very, you know, they went they they tied it back into the original comic book where Captain Marvel was red, white, and blue. Oh, and nice. I like the fact that she's not really in spandex either. She's yeah. actually in almost like a military fashion outfit. Yeah, it's not a spandex uniform. Um, Which is it, kind of what I Yeah, it, it has a very armored so, look so to ca- it. So kind of a little bit like Captain America. Because yes. this looks like Kevlar. Yes. Yeah, he yes. straight up looks like he's wearing fucking bulletproof shit. Yeah, and yeah, so does hers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and they had, they had, it wasn't as big of a moment like they they did in the Shazam trailer if you haven't seen that where he realizes he's bulletproof <laughs> I have bullet immunity um, I love she realize she gets shot by one of the Kree weapons <laughs> and it doesn't affect her and she realizes it she stands up and smiles a smile that says you're toast <laughs> <laughs> and I thought yes that was very cool when she realizes she's bulletproof mm. Or it didn't hurt as much as she thought it was going to be to get shot. Um, the one thing I'm interested in, when I saw the cutscene in the credits, because <laughs> I don't know, I don't think we've talked about that yet in this, but so they actually do the cutscene where how she actually got introduced to a couple of the characters, and one of them was Black Widow, and I'm sitting here going, I'm curious to see if they will ever do a standoff with between Black Widow and and Captain Marvel because um, they're even though Captain Marvel has the shiny glowy stuff and you know and all the other superpowers Black Widow could probably go on what you know could probably go pretty toe-to-toe with her hmm. and so I'm kind of curious if they if they will ever do like a standoff thing I disagree I think the only reason that Black Widow would have any sort of amount of time whooping on Captain Marvel is because she was letting her show off her best effort. <laughs> well, because I mean, Black Widow's also pretty smart though. She's has gone up pretty strong opponents. Oh yeah, I kind of find her like black, kind of like um, Batman almost, only without all the extra gear and fancy weapons. She's. But she's very smart. She's very clever. Um, I love the fact that she uses different techniques for different people when she goes against them. Um, when they did the Winter Soldier, she actually uh, 
she dismantled his arm or something during one of the fights because that was that was a move you would do to you know make him slow down and less damaging so i could see her you know go toe to toe with captain marvel a little bit just because she is clever enough that she might be able to find a way to either damage captain marvel or dampen her enough to equal to equal it out uh, maybe it's it, it, I, I think it would depend on which writer is writing the show <clears throat> but uh, I actually have to talk about something that wasn't in the movie oh. uh, it was one of the previews and I was completely surprised by the talent of a couple of actors including Scarlett Johansson I did not realize how good of a singer Scarlett Johansson was. Hmm. Uh, there was an animated movie that came out called Sing. Mm -hmm. And Scarlett Johansson actually sung for that show. There was another actor that you may or may not have heard of, but he's been in a couple of things like... Uh, Kingsman. The Kingsman. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, the new Robin Hood, uh, Taron Edgerton. Yeah. And... He is doing a new movie that is titled Rocket Man, which is a story about Elton John. Yep. And from what I understand, he's actually going to do uh, singing for the movie. He's actually doing a lot of the singing for the movie. And if you haven't seen the movie Sing... Uh, he's the gorilla guy. He's the gorilla guy. You can look him up and he sings a very popular mm -hmm. song. You can YouTube it. Um, and he's really good. He actually sung the song, and he's really incredibly good. And so, I, because of the movie Sing, and seeing him in The Kingsman, I'm actually interested in seeing that movie, and it's not my normal type of movie that I want to watch. But, you know, I'm not even really interested in going to see uh, the Queen one. Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. That was actually a really good movie. I, I have um, Heather wants to see it. Yeah. I was six of one, half a dozen of the other to me. Yeah, there's actually, um, it's on YouTube, there's a side-by-side -side comparison that, uh, where some of the, um, some of the footage that they, that they had, it was, um, actual footage of the Live Aid concert that they portray in the movie, mm -hmm. and the scene from the movie, the last scene of the movie, which is the only thing I'll give away, is actually the Live Aid concert, um, which was the probably the it was I think it was the last show that Freddie did before he passed away, and it's kind of cool to see the side by sides of both of those and how just almost exact they are mm -hmm. in the movements, everything, like everything that um, that Rami Malek did. Well, according um, to his uh, all of the interviews that he did on the shows and whatnot about people saying what a great job he did, he, he, he basically said that he studied all of the footage that he could find of Freddie Mercury. So, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And, I mean, everything that, you know, everything throughout the whole film, you know, felt very, um, I mean, it, it wasn't exact, but it was pretty good for what, for what they had. For a biopic, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I, I, I can't imagine that the, um, that the Rocket Man one will be bad because it doesn't seem like it. Well, Teron Edgerton is a good actor, and 
just the previews show uh, a development from even the, the the extended preview that they did in the theater shows a an extended development from a shy kid who had a dream to the full-on realization of Elton John so uh, I, I just in the preview I was like that's actually that actually looks really good and I, I really do want to see it Yeah, I gotta wonder how much of that because I know most of Elton's uh, success, and um, especially with songwriting, comes from uh, his longtime uh, writing partner, um, who wrote most of his early material. I gotta wonder how much credit he's actually gonna get in the movie. I don't know, because like I was almost like I was almost worried originally when I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody that they weren't gonna portray Freddie Wright. Because um, there were a couple things about it, and it was actually something my mom had mentioned when I was talking to her about it. She had asked, well, that they show Freddie's wife, and I was like, his wife? And I was like, well, not really wife, but he had a longtime friend that he actually had a relationship with who was a woman. Um, and I also know, or I also remembered that a friend of mine a while back had actually told me that Freddie did an interview one time when he, you know, he was younger. I think it was like mid-70s. And he had said, you know, people had asked him um, if, you know, what his sexual orientation was. And he basically said he'd, he would fuck anything on two legs. <laughs> um, which they, they didn't really show in the, in the movie. They didn't really show it in the movie, but um, they did. They did a. They did one of the mock interviews that that was televised, um, which was kind of neat, also. But and there were a few things about Freddie's career I didn't know about, and so watching the movie was kind of cool for just for that. So yeah, the. Um, but I expect you know I, I didn't expect anything like super terrible. Now, the one the one thing I've, I've been noticing online is that a lot of people have been kind of uh, boycotting a lot of uh, Brian Singer's movies. You know, since why well the allegations of child mol- or of child porn oh. and child molestation and stuff, and this is all, all stuff that's been kind of surfaced since he was doing the X Men movies, mm-hmm. and. There's definitely a lot of negative about him just in Hollywood in general. Um, who knows if, um, if if Disney will continue to work with them, considering uh, considering how sort of a leash they have with. Uh, what's his name again? Brian. Brian Singer. Singer. Yeah. Yeah, he he actually directed this movie, which he did a great job. He did an incredible job, but I would hate to think that you know nothing that's been proved. Because he's, he's never been convicted. You know, it's all just... You know, but anymore, I know. there's... There is the... Just being accused... Like like we mentioned in the last uh, episode about uh, Vic Magnana. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, I saw Vic... One way... And then I saw him another way that kind of makes you go, hmm, but nobody else has ever really come forward 
other than well yeah he kind of he kind of touched me he kissed my cheek without my permission kind of stuff it's like okay i can see he got into the interaction with a fan because the fans around him were cheering him on and cheering her on and whatnot and he 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 was like he he was in the moment and probably should have said hey i'm gonna kiss your cheek is that okay yeah in that moment but he didn't and that i can see but then like i said i had also seen him in his panel where he predominantly picked the girls to ask ask the questions Mm -hmm. you know and it's like "Mm, vic man come on so like i said i'm like on the fence about that whole thing because yeah i can i can honestly see the way things go both ways there so any any more it's like to my mind if you're gonna make an accusation have proof yeah Okay, so according to IndieWire, December 8th, 2017, at 11.10 a.m. Eastern, Brian Singer has had a ruinous week. On December 4th, 20th Century Fox fires Singer from the Freddie Mercury biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody, for abandoning the London set. On December 6th, the studio announced Dexter Fletcher as his replacement. Even though they still credit Brian Singer as being the director, which is, I think, that might be because he... Probably did the bulk of the film. In a statement, Singer ascribed his absence on Bohemian Rhapsody to caring for an ailing parent, but Fox also declined to renew his, its long-term deal with Singer's production company while his longtime publicist cut ties a few months ago. And then on December 7th, <coughs> Singer hit the news cycle again. In a lawsuit filed by attorney Jeff Herman, Cesar Sanchez's cousin accused Singer of sexually assaulting him in 2003, when Sanchez Guzman was 17. All this represents a tremendous come down for Singer, a blockbuster director whose films have made over $1 billion in domestic release alone. However, along with his box office success, his career has been marked by a long-term pattern of allegations ranging from unprofessional onset behavior to wild parties that may have been attended by underage boys to charges of sexual assault. While the last two months have brought an un unprecedented number of sexual harassments and assault accusations into the public eye, Singer has a series of reported incidents that have dogged his career and the careers of associates across two decades. Yeah, and I know, like, for some directors, like, there's, um, there were these, uh, there's this, uh, twin directing team, the Soskas, and me and Stavropocracy on our other show have talked about them, um, to great lengths they they refuse to even work with um, any of the fox studios um like or any of the studios associated with fox you know like millennium pictures and um and other and other acts because they were they were slated originally to do the the live action painkiller jane mm-hmm. uh, movie uh based on the old comic and they ended up shut you know shutting it down because they didn't want to work for the same production company that hired you know him mm. which is like crazy to think about because like yeah and my honest opinion is people won't get rid of someone unless it's that serious even yeah. if it's even if it can't be even if it's not quite proven yet if it's serious enough that they're actually having to investigate yeah then obviously something's up yeah. and they have and companies like this they have to you know fire people just you know because it does create 
you know, their audience is people. Yeah. And people what yeah, will... Yeah, the audience is... If the audience is down on a director or an actor, that actor is not going to be featured heavily in a movie. You know, and it's, it's public perception. Mm-hmm. And in our age right now where public perception is instantaneous because everybody's got a cell phone, everybody's got a microphone, everybody is now a paparazzi, whereas before, you only heard about scandals and whatnot that broke in the entertainment magazines pre-internet, pre-cell phone. Yeah. And those were the ones that showed up in the magazines and that's why people were like, oh, that's interesting. And then... You didn't hear anything about it because, well, that news story happened. It was in the magazine or it was in the paper. And then it was done, and they were on to the next news story and whatnot. Now, it's everybody hears about it. It gets posted on social media, and it goes for the next couple years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of things that are hitting the news and also social media, um, Fired director James Gunn was reinstated for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 by Disney. Oh, was he? Um, now, he was originally fired by uh, one of the, um, I think or I think it was a Disney executive, um, based on some of the less than popular opinions and uh, remarks made on his social media pages, especially on Twitter. And he was uh, recently reinstated by somebody at Marvel. Um, also, James has also um, had many backers um, with cast and crew members uh, from the Guardians series, you know, basically coming out to his aid after yeah. his firing. And I didn't even know about this, and most people didn't because it wasn't made um, public information until recently. But I guess he had been in talks with them for the past few months. So it's way to go. I'm really happy to see that. Now, this kind of brings up another question. Well, what about the news that he's supposed to be directing the sequel to the Suicide Squad. Oh, I didn't hear that one either. And um, so <laughs> this is this all this made a lot of people kind of worried whether or not you know DC was going to be losing James Gunn on a project, and thankfully they're actually going to let him fulfill his uh, obligations with DC before coming back to shoot Guardians 3. So we will actually get a James Gunn project on both sides of the fence. Nice. Um, and I'm, I'm actually excited. I was really... we, we were, James Gunn is directing. Yeah, we were really pissed off when... I remember me and Stavro both talked about it um, when he originally got fired. And because it, mm-hmm. it was over remarks. Not even something he actually yeah. believes, not even yep. something he's done. Just over shit, he says. It Just trying like to be funny. And, Sorry, go ahead. And the fact that they were they would even hire him to begin with, knowing his film background, he had done mostly like B films and like horror movies. So you gotta expect somebody like that to have somewhat of a kind of a, you know somewhat of a dark humor, sense of humor. You know, um, I I never agreed with the firing. I, I thought it was a bunch of bullshit and. But the fact that he's uh, coming back makes me super happy. I will totally see the Guardians 3 now. <laughs> uh, considering that I would have never seen Guardians of the Galaxy in the first place had his name never been attached. Oh. I would have never saw it. Uh, looks like Suicide Squad 2 will be out in 2021. Nice. Yep. I have to say um, that 
again, in the news, I had seen something in the news that was kind of interesting, is that DC had decided they were not going to uh, try and copy Marvel's success mm -hmm. uh, in their... Uh, uh, with, their, with like their film layout and strategy yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're staying, they're going to actually, they're not shelving it completely, but you're not going to see another Justice League movie probably for a few years. Probably they're maybe. focusing on... Um, I think it's supposed to be TV properties, right? Well, well no, not necessarily. Hmm. But they're going to focus on, the, uh, the success of Wonder Woman and Aquaman has given them the, okay, this is how we need to proceed with the DC side, the DC universe, is by doing the one-off movies, the the hero, maybe a crossover cameo kind of thing, but the whole throwing the Justice League together and whatnot. And the, the way I look at it is it's not that they can't do it, it's that they haven't had the writing for it yet. Yeah. Yeah, we Marvel has all the good writers. Yeah, it's I not mean, all the good good guys. Because I mean, Batman v Superman was an okay movie. It wasn't the best Batman or the best Superman I, I've seen. Superman Returns was only okay. Yeah. Um, so, I I just I I, I want to say that in Marvel versus DC, Marvel has had better writing for their movies. And Marvel can make, or rather, sorry, DC could copy the Marvel success if they just quit auto-tuning their scripts, as I've, yeah. as I've liked to say before. Um, I kind of see DC and Marvel as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. <laughs> uh, Marvel is Backstreet Boys because the Backstreet, Backstreet Boys have the talent. And they had the ability to play instruments and sing and do really cool stuff and had really great writers. I mean, they even wrote their own songs, I think, the last few albums. And they even re-came back a few years later or later. I don't know where they're at now. And I know a lot of them have their own life now, too. NSYNC were, was good. I was never a big fan of NSYNC. The only... Really one breakout star. Yeah. yeah, Justin Timberlake, I think, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, to me, that's kind of how I see it, is Marvel has all the talent. They have all the big actors. Um, Wait, so. I, I think you were forgetting Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Well, he wasn't a part of any of the uh, <laughs> boy bands. His uh, brother was, though. I, yeah. Well, I mean... Donnie yeah. Wahlberg, but... I know Mark Wahlberg making it to right. you know uh, action star status. I know, it's, it's as, kind of as funny. you know, he joined the whole thing as a rapper, a white rapper. So I mean, <laughs> I, I was kind it of poking funny. fun. Yeah, no, so it I is was, funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now the other thing that they did, Marvel is doing, is also they kind of started first in this whole. No, I'm not talking about all the previous stuff but the stuff that's been going on for the last like 10 to 11 years yeah. Marvel started that whole scenario thing and then just as he just started to pick in towards like the first like half of it so a lot of people are already into Marvel more than DC that yeah. even though but they, they didn't no have thing. the writing I mean <clears throat> okay the story 
of, I, I mean, the, the Justice League movie was setting up for Darkseid to show up. Darkseid being one of the DC's ultra baddies, kind of like, Darkseid was basically uh, DC's version of Thanos. And the only person in the DC universe who can go up against Darkseid is Superman. So, because um, uh, Darkseid is just that badass. Yeah. And so the whole thing where they started Justice League 1 with Steppenwolf getting the mother box so that they could basically bring in all the parademons, begin the transformation of Earth into an apocalypse world so that Darkseid could rule it. Okay, that concept was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, they didn't carry it off properly. Yeah. yeah. And I still wonder in the DC world, um, in one of the Batman movies they had done, I think it was the one with Batman versus Superman, they actually introduced the Flash where he was kind of like, it looked like he was sleeping and... Flash appeared to him in this bubble kind of thing in the you know time warp thing and was trying to tell Batman something. I kind of feel like they never really went back to that. Why that happened? I mean, maybe they had the idea to inter- in bringing that up later if when they bring the other movies out. Yeah. But it was just that one little piece, and I'm like, well, what does that got to do with anything? It, you know, it almost feels like too with Justice League that was almost like the origin for a lot of the characters like Cyborg um, like the Flash like they were just kind of introducing them yeah yeah as new they characters. also could have been trying you know it might have been a uh, a prelude to Justice Lords mm-hmm. like the Justice League Justice Lords crossover and for comic book fans if you don't know who the Justice Lords are there was a an offshoot of a different earth where uh, Superman got tired of all of the bad guys getting away with things. Yeah. So he started, quote-unquote, humanely lobotomizing the villains mm-hmm. and putting them in institutions mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't harm anybody anymore. Yeah. And then formed the Justice Lords with other heroes like Wonder Woman and whatnot, where basically crime was not tolerated at all, and... Uh, turned the world into kind of like a dictatorship kind of thing. And these were the Justice Lords. Yeah. I also noticed, too, that there's a lot of, like, a lot of the DC properties are being, are, are mostly present in television form. Uh, not, a lot, not, a lot of the, not a lot of the movies, besides Batman and, like, the older Superman movies, really stand out. Um, but their television series are fucking strong right now. Yeah. Flash, um, Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah. Yep. I yeah, mean, I find DC- it funny that they're bringing, uh, that they're going to put uh, the Elite versus Supergirl rather than the Elite versus mm-hmm. Superman. Yeah. That's Manchester Black, Menagerie, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Magic Hat, and... Uh, and then they're bringing out uh, Bat- uh, Batwoman. They, yep. even, they even had, like, the Teen Titans live action show. Yeah, which I'm waiting to hit Netflix so yeah. I can watch it. Um, but, so, yeah. And then, and then a lot of DC soft <coughs> properties, you know, like... Um, like Lucifer and um, uh, what was it? Uh, I won't watch. Zombie. I won't watch that one. I, won't I have watch seen Lucifer. Lucifer. Actually, Lucifer's Lucifer wasn't. Actually fun. Yeah. That was actually um, Lucifer was actually the storyline with Lucifer was actually 
a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I actually, I, and I, I got a big kick out of it personally. Nef- and I did read that Netflix took on Lucifer, so yeah. there might be a continuation uh, for thir- further series. But back slightly to uh, DC and Marvel was DC is doing much better with seri- TV series than Marvel. Marvel really only has two series right now. Yeah, because most and, of their shows got canceled. Yep. Yeah. And there's actually... I have a theory about why that got why Inhuman got canceled. Disney. Well, not just Disney, but the writing for Inhumans wasn't that great. Well, what they yeah. also so what they should have done, and this is what a I'm lot sure of shows this is what a lot of shows do, yeah. is you have a really kick ass show like so we're gonna do an example with Bones because they did this, and in Bones, uh, specifically with one series, The Finder, he was introduced into the series Bones. Yeah. And his show actually was good enough to continue but the only reason why the finder canceled was because the big black guy can't, Michael Duncan Michael, Michael, yeah he died and so they couldn't continue the show yeah uh, which they probably could but I think out of respect they should have they tied in humans into an arc in they Agents sh- of S.H.I.E.L.D. yes if yeah. they did that would have if they had introduced Inhumans into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I bet you Inhumans would have lasted longer. Yeah, but with the, but with all the Netflix series as they had, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that just like systematically killed. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Disney probably wants all of those properties on their streaming service. Probably. So they're probably going to reboot a lot of them after a while. But. Well, the other part of the problem is too is that um, it, it's licensing. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Netflix says, hey, we want to do this, and Disney says, yeah, okay, you can do it, and so they give Netflix the rights to it, and then that means that usually, that means that Disney can't do anything with it until the licensing agreement is up. Yeah. So... Either that, or there's some kind of... They could have a license... They both could have a co-licensing but it could be that Netflix could be also restricted, restrictive, and so they can only do certain things. Like Netflix see. might not, you know, Netflix wouldn't get if people had bought oh, uh, Jessica Jones doll or something. Netflix yeah, may not right. get the money for that. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I'm sure both. I'm sure Disney does not give out licensing, but I'm Probably sure not. they that's give their cash cow. Exactly. So I'm <laughs> sure they just make contract agreements with Netflix. And you know, prob- yeah. But when they do that, that means that Disney cannot do anything in humans wise mm-hmm. without including Netflix, or waiting until the agreement with Netflix mm-hmm. goes yeah. up for the renegotiation. And it's a good thing. I mean, the only thing I'll say out of the whole loss of all those shows because they, you know, like I said, they systematically canceled almost every single series. So um, all the series, all the Marvel series on Netflix is is canceled now. Yeah, they, they're all oh. they're all airing their final seasons. I and did so not like know that. Jessica Jones is gone. Um, I didn't like the second season of Jessica Jones. Uh, Punisher is gone. Daredevil, which wow. um, me and Stavra are big fans of both. of those. I was a fan um, of Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, Defenders, which shouldn't have happened anyway. <laughs> I like the they Defenders. Should've, they should have waited. They really should have waited. I like the Defenders. I think they rushed. I wish they made a second one. My only thing with the Netflix stuff with Jessica Jones, well, I didn't like the second season all that much because, and this is a spoiler alert, yes, her mom's alive and she's a monster. And I'm sure you're going, can you just make the parent die? Just keep them dead. Just that way. You know, (laughs) it's part of their origin story. Let it be. 
You know, that's, you know, just but like... it's a comic book. Oh, Nobody's ever dead in the comic I know. books. Yeah. It's like Supernatural. You can't kill off the Winchesters uh, anymore. Except for um, Spider-Man's... Uh, Uncle. Oh, or uncle, or uncle. Yeah, well, but his during parents and uncle, during yeah. one of the cross time or the cross dimensional uh, additions, Peter Parker ends up seeing his uncle again. So yeah, yeah, but <laughs> oh no, that's a, but that's an alternate universe kind of crap. But so I know, that but that's what I'm saying. Nobody's ever dead in the comics. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like the only take about Jessica Jones. Also, yeah, even even um, I would have I would have liked Jessica Jones. Even though I know this is probably not a comic th- comic book thing, yeah, I like her to actually learn kung fu or taekwondo and stuff. Because with her, but with her super, with her uh, super strength, some of the stuff that you could do with um, those kind of um, styles would work really well. And I kind of felt, even though she kicked ass, and I kind of felt bad that. Everybody else around her was able to come through the hell out of everybody, you know, back. She did it. <laughs> and well, so... She's got super strength and armor skin. She doesn't really need to. Yeah. Yeah, but she didn't do... She was... You could really tell how... She was kind of like the Batman in Justice League compared... So you have all the superheroes and then you have Batman. It's, it's one of the themes in, like, the, in the Underworld series that always bothered me. You got these, like ultra strong immortal vampires doing kung fu like why <laughs> why would they have to they're fucking vampires i think jessica does shit i think she so, could, i think so in that same regard yeah, yeah it's like why but, would she have to but. well she was also going up against a lot of kung fu guys and you could really tell how much of a disadvantage she did have yeah when especially coming when you're when she's fighting with every when she's fighting alongside everybody else yeah and that's why I was saying, like, that's like Batman fighting along with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Flash, you know. He really doesn't have these superpowers. Yes, he does. He's rich. Well, he has, he, yeah. <laughs> but still, you know. That's a superpower. Uh, just, I think DC did a really good job in showing how mortalized he really is. Yeah. When you're going with, when you're going alongside and against super powerful people. Yeah. So... But um, another thing is we did see the trailer for Spider-Man. The second one's coming Far from up. Home. Far from that Home. That actually looks pretty good. Yes. I almost thought that that was going to be, and before they even launched the trailer, I really thought that that movie was going to take place in space. What? The, oh, the second Spider-Man? Yeah, because you remember, remember at the end of the... Or at the end of just or not just um, the Avengers, he was on that other. Planet. Yeah, but this is after the Avengers uh, finish off. Yeah, the Endgame is going to come out before Spider Man. Yeah. So, mm. so basically, um, and this is the other sad part is Agent of Shields the sixth season. So they renewed six season for Agents of Shield, but it's going to be a short. I think it's a short season because that's actually not going to come out until after the Endgame Avengers does mm. because of how the storyline is. Ooh, and Coulson is is in Captain Marvel, by the way. Huh. He actually got another... Yeah, uh, twice. <laughs> he actually... Well, he's actually in the first, like... He has, like, a good 20, 30 minutes in the... When she comes onto Earth, mm-hmm. and then he had another, like, 10 minutes towards the end. But... And then, and then at the far end, he's there, too. But it was just kind of like, oh, he's back on movies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Nick Fury's partner. Uh, and he had hair. Yeah. And he had hair. 
Yeah, because it was it was pre it was pre all that horrible stuff. Yeah. Um. So what? So what in the uh, new Spider-Man trailer uh, grabbed you? Nick okay. Fury. <laughs> Nick, Nick Fury. Fury is in Spider-Man: home, Far From Home. I think like how he was like how it's kind of like similar to how. Iron Man was in the first Spider-Man. He's kind of like that's kind of like with Nick Fury appears and said cuz Spider-Man uh as uh Peter Parker, he actually goes on a school trip to Paris or something. No, I don't think it's a school trip. I think it's just with his friends. Yeah, he goes but on a trip. But he doesn't take his he decides to not take his outfit, his Spider-Man outfit. They're introducing another superhero yes. in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And that actor is I don't know who the actor is, uh, but Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> is it Jake Gyllenhaal? Yes. And it's going to be Mysterio, I yes. believe. Yeah, exactly. And not um, Rey Mysterio from wrestling. No, he's a superhero <laughs> all to himself. But but no, Mysterio, Mysterio yeah, which from... is kind of an analog for the original Green Lantern. Now I almost thought now no no when that popped up I was like wasn't Mysterio a bad guy? Uh, I think Mysterio did both. Yeah, because that Is that was the only thing that was a little confusing for me. That's like, our that's a question for our Henry guy who Henry. I, that's that's yeah our our comic book expert aside from myself, and I'm only an amateur expert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is not in the room at the moment. There are layers. We'll have to grab him if he happens to walk in during our recording. We'll grab him and ask. You see, that's my thing. I'm an amateur expert in comic books. I'm an amateur scientist. <laughs> I'm an amateur critic, amateur cook. I'm an amateur human. Yeah, I like just an amateur human. Well, I'm an amateur adult. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I think everybody our age is. Like I don't think I don't think that adults nowadays have any of the actual know-how or the tools that our parents had. Mm-mm. Really. I disagree with that. I think that there are people out there mm. that do. They're just few and far between. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is this kind of takes back to, so there was this guy who did this rant that we, we talked about a few episodes ago while we were in Sci Files about how, and he did talk about there's really not much to fight about anymore. And I think when we got into the last couple generations, we really did get, I mean, we didn't really have much to fight about anymore, except for, well, I mean, there are games. It's not that we didn't have anything to fight about. It's that we're in a, our, our, our American society right now is so automated mm-hmm. yeah. that there isn't as much of a need for people to have the know-how. Mm-hmm. I mean, Roadside service is out there. So the people who need to know how to change your tire are the people you call on the other end of the phone to come change your tire for you. Yeah. You know, uh, living in Oregon, we don't pump our own gas. I have literally seen people who the attendant said, hey, you're going to have to pump your own gas here for a minute because I'm the only one in the store and somebody hold up the thing and hold up their, you know, try and take your gas cap off and like, how do I do this? And now, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> for me, that was kind of like me at one point because one, when I was a teenager, our car broke down, and then we decided never to get a car again. So I didn't. I actually didn't start learning to drive until 
over a, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Now, granted, by by now I do know how. By then, I did know how to pump my own gas because I've had experienced being in a car with my best friend Liz, and we and when we were in Vancouver, I've had to be shown how to use a pump because I'm like I'm from Oregon. We don't do this. I also there's also a thing too with. Um with knowing how to do something and just not mm-hmm. wanting to. And I'm actually there is the, that, yeah. I'm at the point where I don't want to anymore. I actually do know how to change it's my It's a tire. lot of our millennials. I know how to do a lot of my own car maintenance. Mm-hmm. I know how to, you know, I, there's a lot of things uh, that I actually did pick up uh, from my dad when I was a mm-hmm. kid, but I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I don't want to own the tools. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to deal with the headache, so I just pay somebody else to do it. I mean, or I know call somebody else I know basic car maintenance and whatnot, yeah. mostly because I owned a lot of crappy cars when I was younger. <laughs> that was me too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a lot of I junk. had to learn how to fix my own damn car. Oh yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I, I was spending you know thousands of dollars on a beater car that I only paid three fifty for. But mm-hmm. still, it's. We're now la- we're a very lazy country. Yes. Millennials even now don't even have first world problems. Yeah, they just. <laughs> oh, they got God. an app for everything. I mean, there's oh, a couple. I, I, I don't know how to save money. There's an app for it. There's like you know an app for like literally everything. Oh, uh, here's how here's how funny it is. Uh, the other day, Henry, who we were just talking about, <laughs> uh, was talking with his ears have to be burning his ears have to be burning uh was talking uh somebody was talking with him on the bus and uh he said uh they mentioned something about his phone he's like yeah i don't have that application and the guy said what he said yeah i don't have that application what do you mean application well what you're talking about yeah i'm talking about an app for your phone he's like yeah i do not have that application and the guy just did not get the whole app application app application connection wow. and I was yes. like wow that yes. is like such a people. statement for our society yes now people application oh. is short for app now app is short for application sorry, yeah. app is short for application now I can kind of understand a little bit about that because we've all been calling it apps 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 yeah but if someone had so I probably wouldn't have thought of saying application but if someone came up to say, what is the application, I would at least, me being an 80s baby and being in between the world of technology, and so being able to see it, I would have been able to make that connection. But I do get that our new people, a lot of the new generations just, we've, they're so much into the culture now that they yeah. don't understand, they can't perceive outside of it. Mm. Well... Douglas Adams said it best. Anything invented in the first third of your life is new and exciting. Um, and you could probably get a career in it. Mm-hmm. Anything into, uh, invented in the last third of your life is uh, scary and against the natural order of things and should never have been invented. Mm. <laughs> and that's, it, it really is true nowadays. So I want to kind of talk about, like, um, speaking of technology, I kind of want to talk about this uh, new series that hit Netflix recently. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about it on um, the Casket Cast, since it is very much horror-centric as well as sci-fi-centric. But um, the whole uh, robot, what was it? Um, it's a love, death, and robots. And, dude, this series is so fucking crazy. So 
every episode is 15 minutes long or in the ballpark of. Um, a lot of the episodes deal with technology, um, but in various different ways. Every episode is animated for the most part. There are a couple um, episodes that have live action mixed in, um, but there is but there is a level of animation in every episode. Um, all the animation is different. Some of it is in old style, like um, Miyazaki, like uh, anime. Some of it's more '80s anime. Some of it's uh, mm. definitely modern CG animation that looks real realistic. Um, there's just tons of different styles, blends and styles. And like every episode I have seen so far is not terrible. Like they're all really good. I'll have to and check it out. They're all incredibly fun. Uh, so far I do have a favorite and you will probably get to it. It's basically about three different types of robots that are kind of wandering through the world post-apocalypse. <laughs> they're the only survivors. Oh, see now there there is actually a anime series like that. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to think of the name of it, and it's I I've only seen a few of them, um, but it's about somebody who doesn't realize that they're a robot to begin with. Then they find out they are a robot, and that the robot leaders are trying to wipe out the rest of humanity after the big apocalyptic war. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah, and he, the the humanoid robot, is protecting the humans, and ends up being like you know super power super robot. And not a traditional anime, but it's also the story of Mega Man X. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like to throw Mega Man out there um, every chance I can because I love it. A really good Netflix series that actually just came out recently is called The Umbrella Academy. It is based off of the Umbrella Academy comic series. But this actually takes place when they're grown-ups. And what's really cool... I like the... F I think, personally, it's well done for being the first season. Mm -hmm. um, the script writing is pretty good. And sorry, but my phone wasn't supposed to tell me when people are calling. Because I had it on there, so... There. Um, give me one moment, please. So I could tell her don't call talk Oops. if I spell that right and then I'm going to mute this because I had it on do not disturb but apparently my do just not disturb wants to actually work properly it likes okay. to disturb yes exactly it's doing the opposite Damn so um, Umbrella Academy is basically for some reason or another a bunch of women instantly got pregnant for no reason at all kind of mm -hmm. like a Virgin Mary thing. And the pregnancy lasted literally a few minutes to a few hours. Yeah. And then they had a baby. So there was this guy um, who I am spacing on the name right now, but because the entire TV, sh everybody calls him dad, so yeah. I'm not thinking of his name. But he's this rich guy who's into all kinds of weird shit, science. Um, he has a butler that's a monkey that talks and walks. <laughs> Their mom is actually a robot, uh, literally an android robot that looks really realistic mm. and who took care of the kids. And he uh, basically gave the women, um, all these families, money and compensation to take the children. Yeah. So he, he obtained seven of them. 
seven of them and turn them into superheroes except for one mm-hmm. which is Vanya Vanya actually um which Vanya is she's the orig- she's the one without the powers which you actually do find out she does have powers it just she's kind of like the dark phoenix she was too uncontrollable so she he ended up finding these mood uh pills that dampened her so she couldn't do anything mm. and then this guy basically who was hurt by the academy a long time ago as a kid when he got out of jail decided to take advantage of her and this is actually something that I was cool with a lot of it you when you're watching it you could kind of predict what happens mm-hmm. but you don't quite really predict it until they start bringing up the clues yeah which is further into the story and the cool thing about it is you're like oh they so you find out that the world's supposed to end. That's the apocalypse. It's supposed to be the world's supposed to end. And the events that leads up to it, because you're starting to think, you're starting to thinking, oh, they solved it. Yeah. No, they just, fr- they just changed it. And mm-hmm. no matter what they did, it's like they, it somehow just kept on going. Yeah. Which I found was interesting. Now, the only thing I know about the show is that it's based on a comic series yes. that was written by, or put together by, I don't know if it's the lead singer or guitar player from My Chemical Romance. And um, it's one of the two. <laughs> I can't remember. It could be both. I, I do not know anything about the comics. Yeah, I don't know anything about that band either. So, um, so like, it, it, that's it's kind of neat that, you know... You have like a series like that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pulling from different directions. It's not doing the traditional superhero route. Mm-hmm. It's kind of going in a you, you know a very different non-linear direction. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Um, I like the idea of it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't you seen should. it either. You need to. It's really good. Um, it's also very kind of dark in the way as it's kind of like a realistic dark kind of feel where. Um, you know, it's kind of like they've lost their, they're basically lost their, everybody lost their way. They're all into their own shit. And then, you know, they had to pull each other together in order to solve this problem. And so the whole intricate of the story is really, I, I find it's really thought out well. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that they don't give everything away right away. You know, you don't even know the powers until two-thirds to the second until like the second episode or something so they slowly bring those in so i thought that was kind of cool now let's kind of bring back the superhero thing uh, or theme here and kind of wind back over to the newest trailer that came out for um avengers endgame Yes. Um, the trailer does show a little bit more than the previous two trailers had shown. Yep. Um, you're getting a little bit more insight of what could possibly be. You're getting some glimpses of some different characters, some characters that we thought were gone and now are, have come back. Yes, Hawkeye's coming in. Um, so I get he wasn't in the first one. I do not know if that was just because uh, maybe he, you know, time-wise couldn't do it or they just decided to keep him out. Ant-Man wasn't in the first one, which he did have his movie prior to this, so it's possible that, you know, time-wise he couldn't be in the first one, but they did bring Ant-Man into the second uh, one as well as Hawkeye. And if you haven't seen Ant-Man vs. Wasp, there's a little bit of it. Not Ant-Man and the Wasp. Or and the Wasp, yeah. Yes. 
I don't know why I said Versus. Um, so, so Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, has a, l- a scene at the end that kind of makes you sad a little bit, but then makes you happy at the same time because you know what's coming up. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's, they're trying that, and one of the cutscenes, I think, they were trying out a, or it wasn't a cutscene, it was just the end, ep- kind of like an epilogue where he gets sucked in, they're trying out him getting sucked um, back they're into... Trying to, yeah, they're trying to shrink him yes. in and out of the quantum realm. Yeah. And he gets stuck for, and he gets basically stuck, and then when you, when you pan out to the real world, you find out they're all dusted. Yep. Yep. So now they have to get him un. So somewhere in Endgame, he gets unstuck to join them. Yep, because he ends up at, or, and I think it's the first uh, trailer for Endgame. At yep. the very end, it shows him. And, yeah. Like, hey, you guys. <laughs> and that has to really suck. Seriously. Yeah, it does. You're like, not again. Seriously, I just did this. Not to mention, you just start getting shit together with with the wasp. Yeah. Reconnecting back after, you know, after Civil War. (laughs) Being done being house arrest, and now he's stuck in this little, you know, bitty form. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, it looks good. Uh, Different outfits. I'm kind of curious in how Scarlett Jansen becomes blonde to dark hair, because... In the end scene of Captain Marvel, as well as the first Avengers, and then in parts of the end game, she's blonde. But there's other parts where she's gone back, going back into her, her red, red hair. hair. But it also looks like she has streaks of blonde in it too. So mm. I'm curious. Or there's one scene where she has her hair down. It's mostly red except for the ends. I think they're just playing around with her look. And I don't think probably. Sh- I don't think they have to do that because she's hot. So, like, well, she'll look good regardless. I don't know. She'll look good bald. She'll look good with no body and fucking Ghost in the Shell. So, uh, I don't know exactly what her hair color is, but I've always noticed that in almost every single movie she's been in, when it comes to the Marvel series, they've always done different things to her hair. And the first when she appeared in Iron Man two, I think was it? I believe it was two. She had like the. Red hair, curls, long hair. Yeah. And then when they did um, Captain America, it was shorter, but I think, but straight. Yeah. And then another movie she did, in another of the Captain Americas, it was still short, but it was curly. And the Avengers, it was completely blonde, which that could be associated with a movie she had done, though. I don't, but I don't remember. Possible. Yeah, so it was just kind of funny how she every single she's never had the same hair, in every single one. She's, so she's managed to find time in her busy yes. beat 'em up schedule. Yes, to, oh, I'm gonna change my hair. Go, <laughs> which is kind of where I was. Almost, that was my one complaint when Stavro called me up and asked me, "Hey, have you seen the new Endgame trailer?" And I'm like, "No," and then he explains the whole thing to me. And then I asked him, "How do they have new outfits? When did they have time to make them?" Like while they're trying to re reconvene and try to regroup, and you well, know, we had time to make new outfits also. <laughs> like we also have to look the part now that we're this well, new yeah. team. <laughs> but yeah, it, the trailer because, basically just Thanos will be threatened by our new outfits. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's all white, and I'm sorry, going, you're white, um, which <laughs> is probably a little bit better than the. 
the 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 traditional blue, red, and gold. Yeah. But he's gonna see you in the dark. That don't work. It's not very tactical. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. They, they look like Starship Troopers. Also noticing, yeah, the uh, visions in this uh, trailer also, and that and I, it was my and uh, we talked about this before we started recording, but it was a uh, it was my. Um, <coughs> thought that he had died at the end of Excuse the, me, guys. the last movie, or at the end of the last film, when he had the stone removed from his hand. Yeah, but um, because and it's I don't think it's a fan theory, well, I'm not considering it myself as a fan theory, Yeah. but when the Wakanda scientist girl mm-hmm. realized she didn't have enough time to get the gemstone out you see her like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then you can see that she gets an idea on her head. Yeah. In her head. And then she starts doing something and they fade to the next scene. Yeah. My mind right there, she downloaded him to something else. A much... A different body or... And I had read that somewhere there was a... There was a scene that somebody had said was out there, though I, I didn't find it, that you saw the Ultron... Uh, an Ultron head oh. from the Ultron oh. robot kind of light up like it was getting power. It's like, well, maybe... Oh, weird. Yeah, but I didn't find... I So I'm not sure if that scene is out there, but I read it in, you know, one of the sites. Yeah. The, that... So, it, to my mind, they downloaded Vision to... You know, they backed him up. They put him on a flash drive and then plugged him into a new button. And, and, then, and, now, he's fi- and now he's 5G. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I guess the theory would also be is now keep in mind I've only seen the Avengers the first one once we'll probably see it again we'll probably rewatch the first Avengers before we go see this, the end game just to refresh but I'm curious to see I don't think Banner ever cured ever cured the Hulk problem because I remember in the first in the first part was he had issues getting Hulk back yeah. And got stuck in this big giant um, machine that he really liked because it was like, ooh, I could be Hulk without oh, having yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, one of Stark's machines. <laughs> yeah, there. I, I read about that too. There is a fan theory out there that, uh, according to uh, some leakage from uh, Marvel, yeah. that uh, in Endgame, you're going to see Professor Hulk. Hmm. Professor and, Hulk? Yes, and for those people who don't know about Professor Hulk, uh, the Hulk has gone through quite a number of iterations of his personality and Banner's personality switching or merging and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, to the point where, uh, you know, at one point, uh, the Hulk is the gray-skinned Hulk by day and Banner at night. Uh, he went back to being purple for a little while. <laughs> which originally he was purple, mm-hmm. uh, he was green, and then Professor Hulk is kind of uh, the merging of Hulk and, and, and Bruce Banner's personalities together. Okay. Yeah, because I want to think, the, the way they portrayed Hulk in, the, in, um, in Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. was kind of like a, almost like a setup for that because of how comfortable he felt as Hulk. Just all the time. It could be. Yeah. It, it very well could be. Even now, this is not my fan theory. I, I've well, never put out a fan theory, but I do have one, which I'll talk about in a minute. My very first ever fan theory, you will hear it live, recorded, through the Segway Files. <laughs> but go ahead. 
I was just saying was, so, uh, Bruce Be- Hulk, I think the very first time you really, so Hulk was always this smash, 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 didn't really have anything outside of that up until Banner and, uh, Black Widow's character, or Black Widow became, started becoming kind of romantic. Yeah. And then Hulk himself felt betrayed. And then I guess that's when she portrayed him and brought him as Hulk in the end of the, the one where they took down, what's his call it name that I'm spacing on? Um, Ultron. Yes. Ultron. Thank you. So that was the lead up to him disappearing and staying as Hulk because he felt hurt by Natasha and then he stayed Hulk for during the entire Thor Ragnarok. So I think he was gone for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. And then he returns and now it's like, oh, Hulk doesn't want to come out again. That's because he got his ass handed to him by yeah. Thanos. Yep. So I kind of feel <laughs> <sulking>. like <laughs> Hulk went through a transformation himself, not as Banner, but as the Hulk, where he actually got feelings yeah. and doesn't know what to do with them kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering if well I'm also wondering what's going to happen with Banner and Natasha now if, somebody, if they're going to now if somebody out there in our in our fan group or just out on the internet period if you can make a video of Hulk sulk, sulking with the song <laughs> by Fly of the Concords I've got hurt feelings that would be amazing <laughs> I'd make it myself but I'm in between video programs at this moment but yeah continue <laughs> Uh, that was pretty much it. That's basically, you don't want to come out because he's all hurt by both Natasha and Thanos. Mm. All right. So, do you want to hear my fan theory? Yes. yes. Okay. You're gonna to have to set your wayback machine. Okay. All right. Because my fan theory goes back quite a few number of years. Okay. And I've never seen or read anything else about this. In the age of fan theories that now get posted, I'm gonna propose one about Gilligan's Island. And my first ever fan theory about Gilligan's Island is that the professor was running a 15-year-long isolationist experiment on the castaways. Because one of the... You know, why didn't he ever build a raft? Well, when the series ended, the first movie that they did for Gilligan's Island was Escape from Gilligan's Island, where... The weather happens to come in. Uh, they're listening on the radio. They find out that a tsunami is basically going to crush the island. The professor realizes, i got to get everybody off the island. Mm-hmm. And they build a raft out of all of their huts. <laughs> Why didn't they do this before? Fifteen years earlier, after they crashed on the island, the professor was running an isolationist experiment on the castaways. And what does this guy do with Marvel? It doesn't. That's my fan theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, and this that is could why tie we're. In. That's why we're called that the Segway Files. That, that could be why the Hulk is just playing dumb. Maybe he is running that same experiment. On oh the yeah, Avengers. yeah. There yeah, you go. The there you yeah. go. What would the Avengers do without me? Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although I mean. Stark thinks he's the smartest guy here. Well, let's show him who really is. And, <laughs> yeah. and just do this whole thing. So. But yep, that's my Gilligan's Island <laughs> fan theory. The professor was yeah. running an experiment. That's great. 
Yeah, I love well, that. Well, and you wouldn't really have a story if they just build rafts. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with it. Uh, Fan theories have nothing to do with the reality of a TV series or a movie. But it is funny because you insert so much logic into it. And it's like, but it's basic. It's like, why wouldn't, yeah, why wouldn't that happen from the get-go? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't they build a raft? I mean, I mean, he can build, he can build batteries out of coconuts and salt water. And receivers. And receivers. And um, he, you know, he's the one who configures and makes all of their little bamboo gadgetry. You know, all the women do is cook uh, banana cream and coconut cream pies on the island, all the skipper does is bark orders, all Gilligan does is screw up, and all Mr. Howell does is try and pay everybody else to do his work. All right, The professor is there with a notebook. <laughs> Tell me that that is not believable. It totally is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you say he's the one that caused the crash, right? Could be. No, he's not the one that caused the crash, but since he was there in those circumstances and so he basically just said so since this happened we could build a raft or we could just stay here and I could duck my I could he didn't say that to everybody else because nobody ever actually asked him to build a raft until they think that they're all going to die and they turn to the professor what are we going to do hmm hey let's do something different let's build a raft (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. You know, it's kind of like a lot of the movies and series where you're sitting here and you're watching something happen. A lot of times it's the fights. You yeah. see a fight happen and you're like, you know, if he just did this, yes, but then there wouldn't be another 20 minutes of this. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to get into a little discussion about gaming. And I was recently turned on to... Um, a new version of a, an existing online game that that was created from an existing card game that was based on a, another game that has nothing to do with cards. Uh, and I'm talking about uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, which is now in its beta. Um, it's available oh. online for free. It's oh, free I'll have to check it out. And this is very different from all, from the previous. Magic the Gathering uh, games that are available on you know on PC. I played Magic the Gathering Planeswalker. Yeah, so like um, so a lot like so you know how like with the Planeswalker games, it's it's basically free. Most of the upgrade stuff isn't right away. Um, you have the ab- you know you have the ability to buy, and then there was Magic Online, which you do have to kind of buy in and build a deck. But it's it's much more competitive, and then this game is kind of a mix of all that. You can buy boosters and buy you know buy other things to kind of help expand your deck, or you can just kind of earn it. And this game plays a lot smoother than the than the previous ones, um, especially uh, if you've ever played Magic Duels. Um, Magic Duels plays incredibly slow. It's like the worst like experience you've ever had as far as like a card game like a PC based card game you would think it would go so much faster but it doesn't and I have to say that in comparison to that in comparison to the Planeswalker games 
Um, I do like this one a little bit more um, just in the fact that it's smoother transitions and you go you get more up-to-date decks more up-to-date cards um, rules and stuff are still are still there they do have some emphasis on the planeswalkers you know on the planeswalker cards but they are not exactly you know that they give you so many options for those now you don't really have to be stuck with um, a specific planeswalker, hmm. so that's kind of that's kind of neat. And he also kind of started off as a generic, you know, in the very beginning. Um, you're kind of just learning the, you know, learning the colors. They're just teaching you different battle strategies with each different color in the training sessions. The training sessions go by so much faster. And in the newest update of the beta, you can skip all of it. If you know how to play, fuck it, just skip it. But I will say this: if you do play through it. You earn a lot of it. You 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 earn a lot of bonus material. That's good. So that's good. Yeah. We'll um, have to check it out. But it is a cool game. Um, and also, I've discovered a game on Steam that I really really want to get. Um, it's a very unique take on the open world, like an, on an MMO. It's called The Isle. It is a open world MMO. Where you are a dinosaur, yeah, of any species, you can pick any species of dinosaur. Cool, and try to survive. That's the whole game. Just try to survive. The game is in its early development stage. It is available for sale and for download on Steam. Um, and you are gonna get just the earliest versions of the game as they're continuing to work out the bugs and make it better. Um, but they're also building and expanding their universe at the same time. So you got to imagine that a game like this isn't going to be perfect right out of the box or right out of the gate or right off the download. <laughs> but it, it is it, it, it will be a different experience overall. I'm kind of waiting for more of the game to have developed before I actually jump into it. Because I have been burned by games like that in the past. Um, namely Pro, Pro Wrestling X. They're still in development. It's been 12 fucking years, and they're still in development. And it's not even close to being playable. So <laughs> so I'm going to give the I.O. a little bit more time, or at least um, when they officially say, hey, look, it's, it's now available for sale, and we have this expansion ready. So, yeah, that's all I got for PC games. For me, I'm waiting for Elder Scrolls Six. Elder Scrolls Six. That's the one I'm waiting for. Hmm. Um, cause I still play Skyrim. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's a phenomenal game. I'm still finding things in this game that I didn't know existed. And there are even to day, years after it was released, yeah. there are still YouTube posts about people saying, Hey, bet you didn't know about this thing in Skyrim. Now, for a genre of game, would you say this is a comparable game to, like, you know, Final Fantasy VII, which also still is being remastered, re re retooled around? Um, um, I, I don't... See, I'm not sure... I've, I've only played a couple of the Final Fantasy games, yeah. and I'm not sure if Seven is one of them. Seven's the one with Cloud. That's, that's the main character in Seven was Cloud. It was the one that came out for the PlayStation original. Well... I ha I had a PlayStation. It was either six or seven. Okay. And I don't remember which. Mm. Uh, it was one of the guys with one of the uh, sword pistols. He was like, okay, so that yeah, that was a different game. That was a different game. 
That was probably six. Yeah, because the the one because um, Cloud had the giant sword. He was like a little skinny blonde kid with like this no, giant no. fucking Squall sword. was the one. Okay, Squall is the name of the main character. In gotcha. The, so it was it was probably six then. Yeah. And then I bought when we got our PlayStation Two. I bought Heather Final Fantasy Thirteen. Is it thirteen? Uh, Twelve. Final Fantasy Twelve. And then we also got me my Shadow Hearts Two because my dad. So, kind of a cute little story was my dad used to do GameFly, and the night before, night before I had played Shadow Hearts Two, and. He accidentally returned the yeah. disc. <laughs> and oh, no. without looking at it. without Because oh, no. he had... Because re- originally he had played the game and then didn't look at the disc and read it. So I'm sitting here going, I want my Shadow Hearts 2. And I haven't been able to complete it because that was the second disc. So I had to go for her birthday that year. It was Christmas. Year, it was actually Christmas. Was Christmas that year. I got Final Fantasy 12. I got her Shadow Final Fantasy 12 and I got yep. her a new edition for Shadow Hearts 2. So... Yeah. And we actually did play PlayStation for. I played that game. I played the games for a she few good months. For a good, I was not allowed to defeat uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy twelve before her. To this day, I have not gotten past the first third of the game because she stopped playing. It. And I gotta wonder. Too. And this is like five years ago. <laughs> and, I gotta, and, and I gotta wonder with um, you know the fact that they're re-releasing uh, Skyrim. For the Switch, you know, even for the new, you know, for that new system, the fact that they're still kind of re-putting it out, I think, yeah, says a lot about the game itself. And you got to imagine what level they have to, or what they have to really live up to when they're going to make the sequel. Well, all they had to, all they had to be better than for their sequel was Oblivion, Elder Scrolls Four. I remember in the same genre, and the Elder Scrolls Four was uh, the graphics weren't as good as Skyrim, yeah. but it was still phenomenal. The graphics were better than Elder Scrolls Three, but the the gameplay was incredible. Now, I mean, Bethesda uh, is you know Fallout and Elder Scrolls are their gangbuster games. Yeah. So, uh, and when they announced Elder Scrolls Six was in production i was like yay now speaking of like uh now going back to the final fantasy thing um any thoughts on the new kingdom hearts game that's going to be coming out which is the not one game. i'm gonna play i'm not a kingdom Hearts fan so i can't really say i've seen it played my dad says that because uh, i think he actually did play the new one that just recently came out yeah and he really did enjoy it mm-hmm. um so but my dad my dad's that's how I kind of got into my gaming was because of my dad. Um, I grew up with a dad who buys lots of games, and we've had regular Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Sega Genesis, which to this day I do find Sega Genesis probably my favorite game system because I really, they were the first that came out with live action stuff, and they were also the ones where you had the multi endings. So oh yeah, yeah. They were the ones that did the multi endings, which was kind of cool. Um, and then we did the PlayStation, PlayStation, you know, one, two. Dad actually I was, has, I think, one of the four ones. I was a really big fan of like the Genesis games, especially like fighting games for the Genesis, because mm-hmm. um, because the controllers were perfectly made for. Them. Yeah. Like the D pad on the Super Nintendo and the regular NES didn't really leave a lot of room mm-hmm. for you know functional like uh, 
fighting, you know, the finding mechanic that they usually use in a game like Street Fighter or in Mortal Kombat, where it requires a lot of down to right to left to back sliding. And that's where the rocker pad on the Genesis was like way better for something like that. And the fact that those controllers still exist, they remake them. There's even a newer version of the uh, Genesis controller that um, 8-Bit Doe um, is uh, putting together. It's uh, essentially... Did you ever that spell? It's essentially a... Um, a Genesis-themed uh, controller that can actually plug into the Genesis and be wireless, because it has a little dongle that goes with it. So, speaking of controllers, yes, uh, I am holding in my hand right now. You guys can't see it. You can look it up on Lexip, L-E-X-I-P. It's it a gaming a mouse. It was a Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter gaming mouse, mm -hmm. and the neat thing about this mouse is that it's got eight buttons or seven or eight buttons. It's got a thumb side joystick mm -hmm. as well as the mouse itself uh, on the slider pad also has a joystick function. So it's got two different joystick functions. Oh, weird. So, and it, so it kind seven, of moves around on that. It, 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 I can move it like a joystick oh, in my hand, moving it around like a mouse. Wow. wow. And um, it's configurable for each and every program. You can tell it uh, in every program what functions you want available. Yeah. And it's pretty cool, other than the fact that mine is having an issue right now that I'm currently working with uh, Lexip support. But until that problem occurred, which either might be a bad cord or something with a firmware update they're work they're they're looking into it now um it worked great it was awesome um i messed with some of the functions it even lets me change its colors it's the color of the light and whatnot yeah uh it, it uh, when i plug it in i have it right now set to like blue which is super duper popular for a lot of gamers because like yeah. especially like pc gamers um the, the full spectrum color um, light up systems are like, yeah. I mean, they've gotten even more nuts than I could ever imagine. So that kind of works with that, which is nice. Because mm -hmm. you don't really see that in a mouse too much as you see it in like light up keyboards. And uh, stuff it's like it's all about the features. Yep. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. So, um. Oh, you can just say it. I'll just clip it out. Okay, so I wanted to do two announcements if possible. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So, so, wait, wait. Are we coming to the end of the episode? Yeah. All right. So, that's going to be it for this edition of the Segway Files. Uh, Heather has a couple of announcements she'd like to make, and then we'll have producer Ryan tell us where you can find us. So, what's your announcement? So, two announcements, which is more of advertising, sort of. <laughs> Well, one is self-promoted, but... So as you guys know, I am one of the co-owners of Your Story Discovered. Our product, which is basically um, sort of like Celtics and Writer's Duet, where you have an online word processor, and then you have features to go with it, is almost done. We should have it hopefully done by the end of March to mid-April. 
<clears throat> so hopefully we'll be looking for better testers soon. <clears throat> Sorry, my throat decided to go out at the time. We will be looking for beta testers, so if you're interested in beta testing or this uh, new type, definitely look us up at uh, yourstorydiscover.com as well as info at yourstorydiscover.com. Also, part of the cool thing about us that are going to be different than anything else is we're going to be concentrating mainly on character development, extensive character development, as well as plot development. So there's a lot of do-it-yourself uh, features. And then we're going to be going into... My brain just died. I'm sorry. Um, basically is that. So Oh, and we do have both novel... That was what... We have both our novel as well as script writing. And novel as in novel style. So you can still be short stories and write in that style format of what a novel would look like, which is just basically like paragraphs and so forth. And basically all the features that we will have will be able to be used for both novels as well as scripts. Because I know in one of the things like Writers Duet, they have both, but all their features, key features are for script writing. They don't have anything for novel setting. So and this will be this will be usable online only at the at this time. So you will need data or Wi-Fi, and so yeah, look us up. We'll hopefully be able to start beta testing by mid-April, if not sooner. Uh, the second announcement was for my dad, Greg Nashif, Gregory John Nashif. You can check him out online, as well as his website, gregnashif.com. He had published a poetry book called Tretz called uh, Twitch and Shout, a Hallelujah, Amen. It is a Christian book, but it's by, based off of his experiences growing up with Tourette's Syndrome, which is probably why he's doing so well, because a lot of people who've had other disabilities or have had similar um, prejudiceness from other people would probably relate to this, because he's had a lot of this growing up when no one knew what Tourette's Syndrome was. So, and he just had a conference. He actually got to speak at a conference this weekend and actually sold uh, 13 out of 15 copies that nice, he had. Nice. So he's doing really well. I'm very proud of him, but I definitely wanted Yeah, I to, want him to make that money. <laughs> I definitely want to give a shout out to people who may be interested in reading his book. Most definitely. Yeah, because like, when it comes to like disabilities, whatever walk of life you, that mm -hmm. you're in... Everybody struggles in the early stages of it. You know, there is no quick answer for anything like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and let me tell you, if you have any sort of chronic situation going on, it 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 just it wears on you something fierce. Yeah, I myself, you know, have incredible depression. Um, not to mention, I actually work with uh, with uh, adults who are autistic, so you know I get to see it every single day, and kind of get reminded all the time that you know everybody everybody struggles, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what, and it's good that he, you know your dad was able to get that experience out into the world, yeah, um, and be able to share it with mm -hmm. people that you know are going to be very you know empathetic to it as well and as you know we're totally going to. 
exactly appreciate it because they're gonna want that voice yes yeah. he's yeah. actually had some really good feedback he actually got a famous um author who also had a movie about Tourette's syndrome uh, his name is Bradley Cohen and he actually got to do one of those blurbs on the back of his book on uh, my dad's book yeah so he actually got a famous person to do that, which is cool. Nice. That is very um, cool. So yeah, it's a really great experience for him. This has actually been one of his dreams was to write and publish. And he's actually traditionally published, believe it or not, uh, through, I cannot pronounce their name at the moment. It's like W-I-P-F something. <laughs> They're okay. in Eugene. But you can, you can find his book on Amazon. I believe if you use Sh- Shout... The promo Shout or Twitch, one of the two, I believe there is a small discount, which after, and then once you use the shipping, I think it goes up to like eleven ninety nine. So I'm not cool. sure if that's still in effect, but definitely try it out. Hmm. So. What was his name again? Gregory, uh, it's under Gregory John Nashif. Okay. Is what the book, book is under, but um, yeah. Very cool. All right, and um, for previous episodes, or past episodes, in our archives, of the Sci-Files, if you missed that name, <laughs> this is the same show, just different name. Because we thought, why not just talk, why can't we just talk about everything else? Right, and <laughs> you know, we're, it's a little play on words, we're not using the actual spelling of Segway, but we're using the vehicle form of Segway. As because if, we're like that. As in people, and you can make a really cool symbol out of it. So, <laughs> um, and one of these days when we decide to do all photos of each other, we will rent those just for the kick of it. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't want to break the internet. <laughs> but uh, to find all that, inf- or to find all of our archives, um, we are on social media still. RottenCorpseRadio.com will take you straight to our Facebook page. Um, and of course, uh, we also have anchor.fm forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio for all of our podcasts, including the Casket Cast, which will also have a new episode this month, uh, where we will be talking about the many things of horror, um, as well, or one of those being the new series, Critters, that's uh, debuting on Shudder. They're turning so, it into a series. A series. Nice. So, if you're a big fan of the movie series... Big new or this must be big news for you. It's it's a big nostalgia grab. It's fun. It looks gory as fuck. It looks hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait. You um, can tell you can tell Ryan's drooling right now oh, just by his t- voice. Yeah, no. And then the newest Puppet Master movie uh, that's called The Littlest Reich, uh, which was directed by um, I want to say I can't remember his name offhand. He's an actual big Hollywood director, believe it or not. Um, made its way to Shutter as well, um, so that should be pretty fun. And also, it features Thomas Lennon, which isn't the first time a Puppet Master movie has had a big name actor in it. So, <laughs> at least you know, big name enough, you know, for a horror film. I'm not gonna say it's like Tom Cruise or anything, but <laughs> but Thomas Lennon is a pretty cool guy. Has Tom so. Cruise done a horror movie? I don't think he has. He's done the Universal version of the Mummy, the newest one. That's not a horror movie. Yeah, that's I, I, I kind of put it. It's more of an action film. Yeah, but. that's the uh, that's the what is it? Uh, but but if you took it back to the car, is that Universal's there? Dark Universe is what they're well, going with? I mean, because if if you yeah, it's the, their Dark Universe. Basically, if it, I mean, it goes back to the original Karloff mummy. 
which was more of a traditional horror film for back in the day. Um, obviously, the newest one has been taken to the kind of a level of action film since Brendan Fraser's version um, had appeared. And poor Brendan Fraser. Have you seen him lately? No, I haven't. Holy actually. shit. Just look him up online. He is sad. I am actually... I want to give him money. <laughs> because something, something's got to give, man. He, he looks fucked up. But... <laughs> Um, so yeah, find all of our stuff um, on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, but uh, Vimeo.com uh, forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio. Uh, everything is there. The Segway Files, the Casket Cast, all available for free. Check it out, download it, subscribe. It's free. Why not? Yeah, I mean, listen to us. We have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, but it's funny. And share it with the world. Spread the love. Spread the disease. <laughs> RottenCorpseRadio.com. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we will check you all later. This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.